hey y'all, what's happening? It's time for Stoop Sits, where we climb on to the virtual stoop. We talk about what the hell is going on in the world. Hello, hello, I see you coming in. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the virtual stoop, where we keep it as real as possible. Realer than real. We talk about what's going on. Hello, I see you, I see you. Good to see you all. It's been a week. It's been a week. Welcome back to the stoop. Scooch on in. We got some stuff to talk about. We got some stuff. So keep in mind, you can join us live on the stoop, which I love. And that's on Instagram Live every Tuesday, 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. And if not, I record these as a live podcast, which means it's not all polished and beautiful with things like perfectly placed ads. But in fact, it's just raw and practically unedited. I do like to put some music at the beginning and the end though. Hi, how y'all doing? It's good to see you back on the stoop. I just uh, filmed a class that's a post-workout class, uh, your recovery practice. Um, so I hope that that benefits some of you. I'm having to start my days now at like 0500, like get in the studio and start recording because it has been getting toasty here in Colorado. Hey y'all. Hey, good to see you. Here's a big hug. Big starfish hugs for all of you. Special thanks to any of you that caught the Daily Dice reality riff yesterday. Man! I was in a mood. I was spitting fire. I was in a really, really angry mood. Um, and it happens. It happens to the best of us. But I wanted to say thanks because I felt so seen. Y'all really, like, just gave me space to be a grump. And um, as you can hopefully see, I feel a lot better today. And, I mean, kind of, I had some shit flare up, because that's the way shit goes. That is the nature of shit, as they say, you know. But, that said, um, it, it's really nice to start your day when it's cool out, and then, you know, maybe end the day when it gets hot. Like the Spaniards, a siesta, when it's nice and hot. So, I'm grateful to all y'all that uh, held space for me in yesterday's Daily Dice Reality Riff. Speaking of riffs... What I like to do, just so you guys understand the process, when it comes to stoop sets, basically, I like to riff on, you know, the, the stuff that's been going on, the stuff that's been coming up. And uh, the hope is that it is a benefit and you feel part of a collective here on the stoop. You feel part of a neighborhood, so to speak, because we're going through a lot of the same things. And I just want this to feel like it's a safe space for you to feel what you feel. And the other thing is, as a teacher of yoga, I feel a compulsion, a spiritual duty, uh, one might say, to pass along the tools that I think are the most helpful for going through what we're going through. And today is no exception. So here's the thing, Nabes. Come on in. Come on in. Those of you that are just rolling in, the great news about the virtual stoop is you never run out of stoop space. 
there's plenty of stoop space. So, so squeeze on in and know you're welcome just as you are. Um, so here's what's up. Over the last couple of weeks, a lot of us are being called to do a lot of examination of our biases and an examination of what I would call in yoga language, or at least my yoga language, conditioned consciousness. Things that we do. And one of the calls to action, and I'm sure if you've been alive and awake at all, you've seen this. One of the calls to action is that when you see things like racist behavior or divisive behavior, and that could be thoughts, words, actions, and all that, the call to action is for you to do something about it, right? To speak up, to say something. That's something that we can do right now. And I am interested in the, the answer to the question, yes, and how many of us identify as non-confrontational? Anyone? Do you want to raise a virtual hand on the stoop? How many of us would identify as non-confrontational? I guess it's just me. <laughs> and so I like to unpack that a little. I like to unpack that and, and think, why would we identify as non-confrontational? And is that identification with being non-confrontational inhibiting our ability to respond to this call to action, which is speak up, right? Say something, do something, call someone in. Even when we call it calling someone in, a lot of us, oh, that feels confrontational, and we run away. So I like to unpack this. You know how much I love to unpack. The funny thing is I loathe packing, like suitcases, love unpacking both literally and, in this case, figuratively. So why, what are some of the reasons some of us become non-confrontational? Well, I think some of us were taught intentionally by either our parents or the people that primarily influenced you. We were taught to uh, be non-confrontational intentionally. Or we were taught to be non-confrontational by example. Maybe that person of influence or those people of influence themselves were non-confrontational. So it was modeled for us. And here we're going back, am I right? We're going back. It probably, unless you're like six years old sitting on the stoop right now, this goes way, way back to when we were children. And we've probably been practicing what we were taught since then, right? So we could say that this is a behavioral groove that runs deep. It's got deep roots. Then there's the other side. Some of us, it wasn't taught by example, and it wasn't taught, let's say, intentionally. Some of us experienced a lot of confrontation in our households. Anyone? I can raise two hands for that one. Very tumultuous, confrontational, violent households. And I think that's another reason we do everything in our power, consciously, subconsciously, unconsciously, to not do what so disturbed us or hurt us. So we saw confrontation, and now we're non-confrontational so as to avoid like turning into that, right? You follow me? Anyone feeling resonance with that? 
So I think there's different reasons that we may identify as non-confrontational. We're either doing it on purpose because we were taught it on purpose, or maybe we're doing it because we have developed an aversion to confrontation based on the household that we grew up in. Well, these things are, are problematic when faced with the call to action to be confrontational in the face of something that is harmful, like racism, right? So this is where yoga comes in, because everything that I've just described before is an example of conditioned consciousness. And there are different ways that we're conditioned to behave in the way that we do. So then here's what happens. My, my two cents. Here's what happens is we identify as non-confrontational for one reason or another, as I've outlined, it becomes a part of our conditioned consciousness. Another part is that we then, in an effort to always keep the peace and be in a conflict-free zone, like a way of living, is we seek out those people, organizations, and groups, or anything like that, friends, that don't challenge us and we don't challenge them because any of that challenge might begin to then trigger that aversion to being confrontational. Jess says, confrontational life leads to very strong boundaries that could be seen as confrontational, exactly. So we have the conditioned consciousness of perhaps being non-confrontational and then we act out that, we, we reinforce that by putting ourselves in positions amongst people in um, alliance with things that will preserve that non-confrontational space, meaning there's like never any friction, right? We, 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 we try to minimize our friction. And a lot of you might be saying, of course we want to minimize friction. Why would we seek out friction? Well, friction, my darlings, Friction in nature causes transformation, change. For example, fire. How do you get fire? Friction. Fire, in yoga philosophy anyway, is the element that is associated with change. So right now, we are in a revolutionary time where we are being called on to change, to examine our conditioned consciousness, and to change the way that we've all been doing things, to change. So change, in my opinion, is going to require some friction, some grit, right? And therefore, I think it requires us to examine our relationship with friction and grit. And in this day's conversation, what we're talking about on the stoop right now, our relationship with confrontation. It'd be interesting. Do this. Ask yourself if you've had the opportunity so far to call someone out. Here's an example. Someone posted that she was so excited to get away and go camping for several days because when they were camping, there was no virus, no riots, no da da da. And you know, the language calling what well, the protest riots right there. Uh, could definitely be perceived as racist behavior. And I witnessed myself go through this whole like internal wrestling match, like did I want to be confrontational? And I really witnessed, and this is why I'm really bringing this up, 
I witness in myself oh, a desire to not be confrontational, to not go there with her. And this is precisely why we're in the position we're in. Maybe it's not these overt racist perpetrators, right? And it's a lot of us just feeling non-confrontational. Now, here's why I'm bringing this up. It's not to cast blame on us for being non-confrontational and saying, gosh, like, you can't even do it, you're a loser, or something like that, right? I'm, try I'm not trying to be confrontational in this conversation about confrontation. That's not true. I am trying to be confrontational. But here's the thing I want to bring up, and this is where an understanding of conditioned consciousness comes into play. We have to recognize how deep this pattern runs in us. In other words, this is a formidable opponent to change. This is a formidable opponent. So this is not really like me trying to give you an excuse for why you're non-confrontational. It's me trying to speak to how important it is to recognize that this is going to be long and hard work because a very formidable opponent that has deep roots in your being and wants to survive, your non-confrontationalism, that part of your identity wants to survive. Your identity likes that. It's peaceful, right? It wants it to survive and it's going to do anything it can for it to survive. But consider the possibility that those efforts are the anti-efforts of change. Change. But when we recognize what a formidable opponent it is and how deeply these things run in us and how desperately they want to survive, then we know what we're up against within ourselves. It's like, oh, I see you. I see you. I know what you are. This is my desire to be non-confrontational because my parents fought all day, every day, and I don't want to be like that, and I don't want to bring that into the world. Bam. That's heavy duty. That's heavy duty. But when I can name it and when I can see it, then I'm more likely to find the power to work with it. I can recognize it as the hindrance, that which is hindering me from stepping into the change that I know must happen that I know must happen, that I must say, hey, have you considered that when you call that a riot versus a protest, there's a very different message you're sending and a very different energy, something like that. You know what I mean? I have to face the power of, let's say, not wanting to be like my parents so that I can call someone in and be confrontational in the spirit of the change that I know is necessary. It's important for us to know how formidable the opponent that is conditioned consciousness truly is. Know that so that you can be both gentle with yourself when you're wrestling with that, oh, should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I do it? Should I not do it? I don't think I can do it. Like be gentle with yourself because of the formidable opponent you're up against in terms of your conditioned consciousness. But then also, recognize you can transcend your own conditioned consciousness. And this is what yoga is all about. 
every warrior three that you've ever held longer than you wanted to hold it, maybe it was so that you could stay with that internal wrestling match where you're wrestling with your conditioned consciousness and something that you've identified with, even in the face of, I know this change must happen and this change must begin with me right in this moment. So it's like you're gentle with yourself and you're firm in your resolve. You're gentle with yourself because this is a formidable opponent and you're firm in your resolve because you know this change has to happen and it begins with things like this. This is why I wanted to bring it up today. We're being asked to act and some of that action is gonna come, is gonna create a lot of friction with your identity, particularly if your identity includes a desire to be non-confrontational. And if any of you are still here on the stoop and you're like, I'm not non-confrontational, I am totally confrontational, then this is also for you in the sense that when you see someone who is not stepping into that action because they've identified as non-confrontational, maybe now you have a little more understanding of why, why, where that's coming from. It may not be because they don't care. It may not be that they're, let's say, chicken shit or something. It may be that they have this deep, deep rooted identity of someone who's non-confrontational that can come way back. Again, that is not an excuse. I'm just saying it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. So you be gentle with yourself, gentle with your heart, gentle in your battle with this formidable opponent inside of you, but firm in your resolve because you know the change must happen. I heard a quote from a friend of mine that I really wanted to share with you. I talked about when we're non-confrontational, sometimes what we do is we seek those experiences, people, groups, organizations, friends on social media, etc. We seek those things that are also non-confrontational, that have, there's no friction, there's no grit, right? We, we put ourselves inside an echo chamber. And I get that. I really do. I get that. In a time like coronavirus, you're like, do I really need to add one more thing? And yet, and yet, here's the quote my friend Kevin Courtney said, our eyes cannot see themselves. They require the reflection of a mirror. Right? Our eyes cannot see themselves. They require the reflection of a mirror. To me, what that means is we really cannot grow. We cannot expand. We cannot live our lives to the fullest extent when we're inside of an echo chamber where nothing that we think, say, or do is ever reflected back at you in a way that you can see it differently. You know what I mean? That requires that we expose ourselves to new experiences, new people, new things, challenges, friction, grit. And I always like to say just the right amount, just the right amount of friction and just the right amount of grit that you can then be polished. Think like sandpaper. Grit polishes. Right? We're alive not to exist in an echo chamber where everything 
preserves the status quo. That's unnatural. Nature doesn't work that way. That's unnatural. And, in my opinion, that is not a life fully lived. And I get why we do it. I get why we do it. It gives us a sense of comfort and ease and control until there is no comfort, nor ease, nor control when change must happen. When change must happen. So we can't see ourselves without the reflection of a mirror. Hi, Melody. We can't, our eyes cannot see themselves. They require the reflection of a mirror. Right? Mirrors shine. How do you get shine? You polish it. How do you polish it? Grit and friction. Just the right amount of grit and friction that come from new experiences, new people that aren't always going to just nod in approval with what you think, say, and do. These experiences give us the opportunity to work with friction and grit in a way that might be workable for those of us that identify as non-confrontational, right? You train it up so that when there is a call to action that you are confrontational, you can rise to that call. You can call someone in for a regressive behavior that is harming others, including us, that's harming others, including us. Recognize that we are trained up, many of us, from early on, whether it was intentional, by example, or because you're doing the opposite of the environment you were raised in, to have a tricky relationship with confrontation. Well, right now, the world is confronting us, and we either have to unpack our relationship with confrontation and find a way to step into the actions we know are necessary, or who knows what, I don't know, I don't know what'll happen if we can't do that work, if we can't rise to the challenges of our conditioned consciousness so that we can take action, the action that is unequivocally necessary. I like to put it this way, can we find the grace to transcend our conditioned consciousness, to transcend those things that we've identified with from time immemorial for as long as you can remember. It is a formidable opponent within you. But I also believe that we have the tools, certainly as practitioners of yoga, we have the tools to first identify, then do the work within ourselves so that we may then do the work in the world. And something that really supports us doing that work within ourselves is when we have reflections, when we are exposed to people that don't just nod in approval, non-confrontationally, to everything we say, everything we think, everything we do. Our eyes cannot see themselves. They require the reflection of a mirror. Who are your mirrors? Your mirrors are reflection, so they're not the same as you. It might be the opposite. You know what I mean? Thanks, neighbors. Let's sit. Let's sit together on the stoop. Take it in, take it in, take it in. So find a workable seat 
on the stoop. And turn your palms down on your thighs. Either close your eyes or drop and soften your gaze so it should feel as if you were gazing inward. If your eyes are still open, you can see yourself, but notice you cannot see your eyes. The windows to your soul, you can't see them. That's what requires a reflection. And I feel like us coming together on the stoop is not an echo chamber. It's an opportunity for us to connect and to expand and to grow and to feel supported in these efforts of doing the work internally and doing the work externally. So turn your palms down on your thighs and right away witness the poles of your inner axis. So your sitting bones root down and the crown of your head rises up. Feel your back muscles and your abdomen toning to support that axial extension. Check in with your body today, the first layer of your consciousness. How's it feeling? No wrong answer, no right answer, only the answer. And then shift awareness to your breath. Notice first the sensations of your respiration, air as it passes from your outer nostrils to your inner nostrils and then back out, inner to outer. And then go deeper into this layer of your consciousness, pranamaya kosha and become aware of your energy today, how it's moving through you, or if it feels a little sticky or stuck. No wrong answer, no right answer, just the answer. And the answer informs how you care for yourself today. Go deeper into your being, to the third layer of your consciousness, Manomaya Kosha, the lower mind. Word on the street is that it's been an especially rough last couple days. I wasn't the only one experiencing anger yesterday. So tune in and observe, not engage with, but observe the tone of your thoughts recently, right now, today. This is not an invitation to judge yourself. Just observe like a scientist. How have you been in the level of your thoughts and emotions? 
And go even deeper into yourself, deeper into your consciousness, the fourth layer, Vinyana Maya, the layer of the onboard observer, the inner witness. This is the layer of your being from which you can observe your body, your breath, your energy, your thoughts and emotions. This is how you know you are not your thoughts and emotions. Because you can observe them with curiosity. This is the layer of knowing. Where wisdom accumulates from whence wisdom comes. Then go deeper. The next layer of your consciousness is unknown to many of us, but believe me, it is indeed within you. Ananda Maya Kosha, the bliss layer. So much activity on the mental emotional layer clouds this bliss layer, and we forget. We try so hard to protect ourselves. We're so busy engaging in conditioned consciousness, we forget that our nature is one of bliss that is unaffected by anything happening in the world or any current circumstance. It is a bliss that comes simply from being a living being. And the potential in every moment we're alive. Go deeper and take refuge in your innermost sanctum. This is Atman, your soul. This is the divine within you the unique vessel that is your body, deep within, the slice of the divine. When we greet each other with namaste, it is from this place. This is what we see in each other. Beyond the differences in appearance, the differences in opinion and feelings. This is what connects all living things, this soul. Practice seeing it in yourself and you train up your ability to truly see it in one another. Then pan out and witness your whole self from skin to soul. 
You are a body infused with energy that has thoughts and emotions and wisdom and bliss and an indomitable soul. Let us begin to change our relationship to wholeness. We embrace it all. We understand why we get tripped up in certain layers of ourselves and forget others. When we see our whole selves, it makes sense how we can be gentle and firm in our resolve. Know the why so that you may discover the how. Neighbors, let's place our hands together in front of our hearts so that we may dedicate the merits of this stooped sick to all beings. May the work we do within ourselves and without ourselves be of benefit to all beings, in particular to those who are suffering most. May we teach by our living example. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Peace, peace. Big hugs to you all. The work is hard. The work is long. I appreciate you so much. You being here and staying on the stoop while we talk about things that aren't maybe light, you know what I'm saying? That means the world to me. It means you care. It means you're engaged means you want to be the change. It's not just a cute quote by Gandhi that we throw out. We actually want to be the change. I see your happy little faces. Big starfish hugs. Look at the starfish. are wrapping around your virtual backs. Thank you so very much for being here. Once again, every Tuesday, 10.30, we do a stoop sit. And talk about what's going on in the world and how our yoga practices relate to it. You'll notice I didn't mention the splits once. So much of this work, let's see, Kara says, Audre Lord wrote, your silence will not protect you. It's true. And your non-confrontationalism will not protect you either. It's not a force field. But be tender with yourself. Know where it came from. You know what I'm saying? Of course some of us are non-confrontational. Look how we grew up. But the world is calling us to action. And we have the tools as yogis. We have the tools to identify, oh, that's what that is. That's the why. Now I can work on the how. The grit, the friction, just the right amount so that I can find that how, how to be a part of change. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for beautifully articulating how many of us feel. Oh, thanks, Susan. Well, I hope that's true. I love you. Um, 
Let's see. I'm doing my Daily Dice reality riffs most weekdays. Um, so if you want to tune in, I do those at totally random times. They're not live, but I pop them up on social. Uh, I had a total hard drive failure, so my home practices have been a little halted. But uh, coming out today or tomorrow morning is one called Low Back Love, which is by popular request. Uh, Low Back Love. Um, let's see, I've got another one in the hopper called Here Comes the Sun, which is a morning practice. And just before this, I mentioned I um, created one that is like a post-workout recovery. I'm getting the message that a lot of you enjoy working out. And so I wanted to do something that has integrity that isn't just stretching, that also acknowledges the energetic self, which comes from yoga. Um, so uh yeah that'll that'll be coming soon too and thanks yeah low back love is fun um so yeah uh, those will be you can find all those on my website the shortcut to those is ginayoga.com also i have an email that's coming out tomorrow morning so if you um, want to receive that you can slide on my email list today and you'll get that tomorrow um i think that's all all the announcements from the stoop the only thing missing from the virtual stoop for me is, uh, as a, an Italian woman, I, I I wish that I could like serve you something, uh, whether that's like little cannolis or because it's so hot right now, um, I'd love to give you like a some iced tea or, or you know what I mean, like something to quench your thirst. Um, I, that, it's just funny. I feel that coming up. I want to, I want to, oh, I'd like to pass you. Here you go. I'd like to pass you a little cold beverage uh, or a cannoli. Oh my goodness. Now that I mentioned cannoli, it's over. Mm. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Remember that this is recorded as a podcast. So if you're just coming in, oh, two gelatos. Wow. If you're just coming in, remember that you can listen to the audio version. You can always go back and watch the video version on Instagram. But if you don't want to be tethered to be looking at your phone, you can always just listen. This is pretty much everywhere that podcasts uh, are played. Um, but you can find it all um, on my website. So thank you again for another fantastic stoop sit. Go and get a cold drink and pretend I handed it to you. How about that? Thank you, neighbors. I sure do appreciate you. You have really carried me through this whole time since back in March. And all the old Workable Day in the Neighborhood, don't forget, those are also available on audio. So thanks so much. Love you. Appreciate you. Big hugs. Big hugs. Big hugs. Have a good rest of your day.